0: Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, we come before you again this morning, God, and and already we have uh, seen a banquet, uh, just talking about your goodness and what you have done here in this house through your people, your servants, oh Lord, and... um, We ask you, Lord, that you will anoint my lips. um, That it will not be me speaking, but you speaking through me. That you will just use me as an instrument that I too will receive from your goodness this morning. I thank you for the word that you've given me. That anything that I say will be because you want me to say it. I cancel any word, uh, anything of any distraction. Anything that comes to kill, rob, and destroy from this morning. Any distractions at home, the people who are watching that they will just open up their eyes and ears to the word that proceeds this morning. That you will bless it and fill the families, fill the people, whoever is listening, not only today, but for years to come, that this word will impact their lives in a special way. I thank you, God, and I love you. Have your way in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so let's just dive right in. Holiness. Um, so if we could see, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 16 first peter chapter 1 verse 16 amen it says here because it is written be ye holy for i am holy that's what um the bible the word of god starts off by saying that is to be holy and then um the word holiness the hebrew word for holiness is Q-O-D-E-S. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that word, but if I was to guess, it would be codes, codes, okay? A word that highlights the realm of the sacred in contrast to everything um, common and profane. Uh, The adjective kodos, holy, refers to God and what belongs to him. And I want to go really quick to Isaiah 35, as we um, start the word this morning. And this is a word that um, pastor, our pastor Joaquin has, has told us about this um, revelation when God gave him this word for holiness. Um, so I want to just go through that scripture really quick. So go to um, Isaiah chapter 35 verse 1. We're going to skim that through that together. All right. So the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. How can a desert blossom and rejoice like a rose? Isn't that, how can that, there's no water. A desert's dry. It, there's thorns and thistles. It's, it's a wasteland. And I'm going to tell you in a minute what the Lord gave me as to how that can happen. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it the excellence to Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, and the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness. How can waters burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert? How could streams be in the desert? The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of jackals where each lay. There shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, should not go astray. Let's just stop there for a moment. I think that for me, and it's all these things could happen in a desert, in a time where things are, are, are dry, in, in a place where, like in the, in the world that we live in today. All the things that are happening now. People are home. Business are getting shut down. People are struggling to find work in many states and places. And all kinds of stuff are taking place. So how is it, or even in a personal desert in your life, you might be going through an illness. You might be going through a financial problem. You might be going through something with your marriage or in a relationship. There's all kinds of deserts that you can be put in, right? And if you have lived life long enough, you know that there's many deserts, some longer deserts than others. But here's what I could tell you, that... Here in verse 8, it says, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, should not go astray. So if you're unholy, if you're not, what the difference is deserts will come to anyone's life. Their hardships, places that could be dry, could take place in anybody's life. Right? That happens to Christians. It happens to non-Christians. It happens to any, if you are breathing you're going to go through some sort of, at some point, a desert or some sort of uh, difficult situation, right? And those things are necessary sometimes to mold your character, to build you. Yes, it's true. But how is it that you can find water, streams of water, and blessing in the middle of a dry land? It says the holiness, if you're walking in the Lord and you've been set apart for the things of God, which, which holy, that's what the word holiness means, then you too will be blessed in a place that is difficult. So in the middle of a storm, you'll find the calm. In the middle of a desert, you'll find drink. In the middle of adversity, you'll find peace. If, you're, if your heart is in the right place and you genuinely, not perfect, you're going to make mistakes. We all do. We're human. We're breathing. We get mad. We dis- Everybody has different personalities. That's not what we're saying. We're going to talk some, a little bit about that today regarding holiness. But if you're breathing, you know, and, and your heart is in the right place and you really want to please the Lord, you too will find drink, peace, and blessing in the middle of a desert. And that's, to me, what that word gave me, right? And, and, and it has to do with the matter of the heart. It has to do with a true repentance and a genuine and sincere devotion to God. Really wanting to please him. And so that's what I think. That's why I feel that God's people that are genuine have been sustained. They have been blessed. And they have been um, just being used of God in the middle of storms. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you. During this last year in this this place of this time of adversity. While many were falling and, and going through despairs and problems. Man, I, I just heard people getting promoted, people passing exams, people getting married, people um, be, being blessed in their businesses uh, at, at levels that, like, never before. And, and, and it's almost like the world looking at, at, at the God's people, like, uh, angry, like, Burr. God sustains you. He keeps you in the palm of his hand, even in the middle of a storm. How could you smile when things are going wrong? because of the, the joy of the Lord, is our strength. And He gives you peace in the middle of that. So Isaiah 35, I think that was powerful, pastor, for having that word come to you, but as I studied it and, and prayed on it, that's what the Lord gave me. Um, and, and, and that's what the revelation that the Lord um, allowed me to, to read. And again, I don't think that I'm, I'm a robot or that we're not human. I cry. I get upset. Um, things bother me too and there's times that are difficult that I have to get before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. Um, I can't do this without you. And um, that's normal. But at the end of the day, like I said, my heart is, I know, I want my heart to be there. I want my heart to be in the right place so that he can um, consider me one of his holy people set apart for him. So what does that look like? In a short, practical way, I want to tell you this morning That holiness is to set yourself apart for God. Let's not get all philosophical and theoretical and didactical this morning. Let's just put it in in clear, simple terms. Okay? Holiness just means is to set yourself apart for God. What is your motive? What is your ambitions? What is your drive? Do you just show up to church on Sundays, say you did, and then go back out there and you forget God? Or is he always on your mind when you want to, you need to get a parking space and you cry out to the Lord or you're at work and you need to close a deal or in your marriage, how can you you know or your kids and are you always talking to God? That's a relationship that we're going to talk about on how to have a holy night, a holy life and be set apart for him. Um, but to be set apart for God, to have a personal and genuine relationship with the Lord that your biggest desire is to please God in everything. Amen. And so a lot of times preachers and teachers. And how many of you know we love our five-fold ministry? Preachers, teachers, apostles, prophets, pastors. Amen. We need that. We need the five-fold ministry in the house of God. Because that drives everybody has a different calling, a different anointing on their lives. But often we hear preachers and teachers get caught up. In the philosophical teachings and theoretical theories and they have all the answers on the greek word the hebrew word and i know i broke that down for some of you scholars here this morning but i just did it to do it not not to call anyone out or anything but like i said if i was to give you the definition of holiness it's just to set yourself apart for god don't get technical it's easy god is a simple god He's a God of yes and amen. His yes is yes and his no is no, right? And we're the ones who complicate. God is simple God, okay? And I want to keep it simple for you this morning. Amen. So when these preachers and teachers get caught up um, in the philosophical teachings, um, they have all the answers, but in real life, they are far from making holiness a reality, You see that in the Bible with the Pharisees, they kept the law and and, and they, they they knew all the commandments. But their sincere devotion to God was not there. Right? That's what God wants is a real and sincere, genuine relationship with him. And, you know, you have the Pharisees that they would be like, oh, but you didn't keep the Sabbath. Or... You didn't um, pay your taxes. And they knew the law. They were living the law. They had the Ten Commandments down packed. They were just on it, man. They were like a ten hut. And they were doing all the right things, but their heart was not in the right place. So how could Jesus heal on the Sabbath? How could David go and eat the showbread and not get killed? How, How was that possible? Heart. Genuine, sincere devotion to the Lord, set apart for God's purpose and and will. That's what God is saying to you this morning. So you can know all the truths. You can even know the Bible better than me. Or or pastors, you can be a, 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 a teacher and a scholar that all you do is study and study. But when you read the word, do you think of others when you read that word? Or do you think of yourself and the condition of your heart? During the marriage conferences, it's funny. Or Even when we counsel couples, uh, it, it's not funny, but, it, you know, it, it does humor me just a little bit. Uh, it, it, when we're teaching, I always see that, the, the reaction of the faces that when, when we're sharing the truth and God's goodness and we're taking the time out to help families, they're hearing the message, but they're thinking about changing the other person. When they hear that message, the messages coming forth or in the morning, they're thinking about how the other person can change. Or how they could. that word applies to them and not themselves. And that right there is your heart is not in the right place. So when you read the word or you hear the word, you should be thinking of your own heart. And then after you get convicted in your own heart and you can repent and change your ways and, and get better and grow more and closer to him, then you can go and talk to others about the truth, but it's not when you're hearing the word and all you're doing is thinking about someone else. And yeah, I'm gonna get them with this and that person's like that and my husband, this is perfect for him or my wife. No, stop. Reevaluate that whole situation and just start asking God to show you how that word is a benefit to you. And and I gotta tell you. This is the God's honest truth right here. I, you know, I'm in holy land right here, right? On <laughs> the pulpit of God. I shake when I come up here, by the way. This is not, every time I come up here, I'm like, man, Lord, this is not, no joke. This is the altar of the Lord, and I respect the house of God. And so I got to tell you that when I share the word, I want the word of God to come forth. To impact the people that are listening. That it will not be mine of my own, but it will be for others. And I too receive from my own teachings. Because I know that the word, the Lord gave me this word. Not just for others, but for myself. So I want to tell you, I'm, ta- I'm preaching to myself right now. This is a word for me too. And that's why I love to study the word, but I take it for me. And that's my challenge to you this morning. Hear the word and apply it to your own life first. Don't go trying to, you know, change others with what you're hearing this morning. So um, holiness is a sincere and devotion to God. Now, as Pastor and I were talking yesterday, we were, we were talking a little bit about um, just different things. And it was a quick conversation. But he he was saying, like, man, you know, it would be good if you could tap in, since we just had the marriage conference, and tap a little bit in to marriage and holiness and how um, holiness is important uh, to be put into a marriage. And I said, man, that's awesome. I could do that. I already, the word just like, boom, instantly. The Lord's heart is showing me scripture and and, and, and revelation um, because God is faithful and he wants his people to be blessed. So as we enjoyed our marriage conference last night, we heard the real life conversations with people who have been walking together for more than two decades. Right. We've heard that a bunch of times. Now, that's real. And yeah, sure. It's awkward. Very awkward to see that because you don't see that anymore. That's why we talk about it so much. I don't really know anyone who's been that many people, um, and although a lot have left, a lot have left, dozens have left that, that, that were with us from back then, and a lot of them are now pastors, to be honest, um, but the ones that are still here, uh, we've been walking together for many, many more years, um, and yeah, it's awkward, it's a unique situation, but those relationships, believe it or not, listen to this, this is really good, are like a marriage, Pastor, what do you mean? How could you have a relationship with uh, your husband and wife and then there's another couple, husband and wife, and their family? How can those relationships be like a marriage? Stay with me. Here's, Here's what I mean by that. In order for those relationships to work, there has to be love. There has to be patience. And there has to be forgiveness. 27 years walking with someone... You don't think that one of them is going to get you upset? (laughs) You don't think that we're going to, like, get in each other's nerves at some point or another? Or that we don't all agree? Or that it's always been perfect? No. Can you imagine us trying to change the world, the vision, and doing things for the Lord in this generation and these tough times that we live in? and And a group of people coming together that love God with all their heart, mind, and soul. You don't think that there's going to be attacks and the devil trying to come into the circle, trying to shake things? Absolutely. Absolutely. But thank God that the ones that you see here after all these years, there's been patience. There's been love. We've sharpened each other. We've helped each other. We've been there for one another. We've blessed one another in a time of need. We have had to forgive each other. And that is called the character of Christ. That is an act of holiness. And that's what you have to do in your marriage. If you want to be married long time until death do us part, like the vows say, you got to exercise those jo- those fruits of the spirit. You don't forgive one another. There's going to be times where you guys are going to get on each other's nerves. That's normal. You, you were, were, women were created different from men. Yes, we become one flesh. But there's times where, you know, hey, like, um, Javier was saying, you know, they came up, she's from Nicaragua. He's from Cuba. Orita means después, later. And orita to her meant ahora. And so why didn't you put gas in my car or whatever the situation. They were bumping heads. They had to figure it out, lower their pride, forgive, and move on. And that's just a small thing, but it happens all the time. That's normal to have those things in any genuine relationship. But those... Our, our fruits of the spirit—it's—it's it's a way to live holy within in, in a marriage, and and if we didn't have that type, those types of um, uh, fruits in our life to be able to forgive and love and have patience with one another, those relationships would have been divorced a long time ago. We would have left um, walking with one another, and 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 do all, and, and we would have went to another do something else. Um, And those relationships would have been divorced. But because we stayed, because we're staying, we see the fruit of that in our children, in our families, and the impact in the world that we're making. And the testimony now that after all these years, for such a time as this, we're able to come up here and share truth. Share God's goodness. There's transparent. This is what it was. This is how we've done it. This is what the hardship. This is how we're doing it now. And that ministers to people's hearts that are going through tough times. And that's super important. So God doesn't want relationships to be divorced. And sadly, divorces do happen in relationships and in marriages all the time. But I know um, it's because we've all been set apart on our, and aiming to be holy for the Lord. We're able to walk in truths. Not only with each other, but like I said, with our marriages and families. In order to have a blessed and holy marriage, you must first have a personal and holy devotion to God. As an individual. You cannot draw holiness out of your spouse. Or you can't expect for them to bring you happiness and joy. If you first, as an individual, doesn't, don't have that for yourself... And you're not connected to the spirit of God in your own prayer closet and your own personal devotion to the Lord. You're going to just let disappoint the person that you're trying to be with. You're not going to have anything to offer them. You're going to become uh, a bloodsucker. Um, I know that's harsh, but it is what it is. Um, and man, the goal here is to, you know, be connected to God. On your own. Then you have something to offer someone else. Then you're not trying to draw your hand into an empty glass and trying to take something out that's not there. Your, your cup should be an overflow of God's blessing, of God's goodness, of God's love. Right? Your life should be a cup that is, is, is here and, and the water is just seeping out. And then all that stuff that's coming out is an overflow of abundance of what's already existent. In your life. And that, that's where the spirit of holiness wants to come in. That's where God wants to impact you. Um, and that personal devotion to God, um, then when you both have that as individuals, you come together and then you're able to become one holy union. Now, being in the marriage ministry and the marriage pastors of Spring of Life for many, many years, we've had the opportunity to marry some really precious people, many people. That used to be actually when we were the college youth pastors for, um, a long time ago, we had the youth in our church. And do and you guys see how that works? Our pastor was the youth pastor. And he, um, then he became a pastor. We were his sheep in his youth group. And then we started getting married and having kids. Then we became the youth pastors. And then the people that were in our youth group, started getting married and having kids. So thank the Lord that I was called into the marriage ministry a little over 15 years ago. And as we've been doing that, there's this one part that I always, uh, I always rejoice with this part. And God gave me, thank you, Lord, for giving me this revelation today. And when, when we've had the opportunity to marry some of these precious couples and families that we have here in the church... I say, and today they have been joined together in holy matrimony. Wow. Holy matrimony. Think of that word, holy matrimony. And, and I've always thought of that. I've always really taken a pause and said, it carries a lot of weight for me when I say holy matrimony. So why is that matrimony holy? And what does that look like? And I particularly love the part when it says, And what God has joined together, let no man put us under or separate. So I love that part. And so I have some notes here that um, I wrote down. And uh, I want to read them. So what does it mean to have a holy matrimony? I'm glad you asked that question because I'm about to tell you. Here it goes. So how would God have us make important decisions is super important in your marriage. And a holy matrimony, a holy marriage looks like this. A husband and a wife that love and respect each other. That's one characteristic of knowing you have a holy matrimony. So today God is joining so-and-so, Mr. and Mrs., so-and-so in holy matrimony. So in order to have a holy holy matrimony, a husband and wife must love and respect each other. A wife that submits to her husband. Mm-hmm. A husband that loves his wife more than he loves himself. Like Christ loves the church. That gave he gave his life for it. A wife that's a perfect helper to her husband. And a husband and wife that forgive each other just like Christ had forgiven them. How you talk and act with each other, I hope you're taking notes. If not, uh, go back and watch the message again and write this down so you could remember these things and then start exercising them in your homes. Or if you're looking to get married and you're not married yet, no matter how young you are, one day I proclaim and declare over your life right now that one day you two, young lady, young man, young woman, will be married in holy matrimony. And you will have these blessings and exercise these truths in your lives as well. And you will carry on the legacy of God's goodness in your life like my son Joseph was saying earlier. I pray, I pray that over your lives right now. That you will not be in divorce. That you will not have a, a, a destructive uh, family or marriage. And that your kids will see their kids, kids, kids serving the Lord Jesus Christ all the days of their life. And they will have peace and they will have joy. And the Lord will bless you for all the days to come. I proclaim that now over your families and lives right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the way you talk to each other, the way you act with one another, always looking out for the person's interest over your own. We love to say Suleika and I that, hey, do the right thing with one another, whether the other person is doing it or not. Even if you don't feel the other person deserves for you to be nice to them, be nice to them anyway. Because by doing so, you're pleasing the Lord, and that's what your ultimate goal is. You're going to be held accountable for how you hold on to that gift. And husbands, can I just tell you a secret? You can tell people, even though it's a secret, but it's a secret because a lot of you don't know. And so today I'm going to reveal a big secret. A big part of being holy and having a blessed marriage is take it into consideration that when you get married with your wife, men, men, The Bible says in Proverbs, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So the fact that you have a wife if you're married is a gift. God says then you've been favored. Why? Because she's there to help you. She's your helper. Well, you don't know my wife, man. She's a, like we say sometimes, a witch. It's a harsh word. But she's still a gift. God gave her. Maybe you're not leading the way you're supposed to be leading, and that's why. I don't know. The point is that before she was your wife, she was God's daughter. Woo. Wow. When I got that revelation and I see my wife, I say, yes, Lord, you've allowed me to take in this, this beautiful woman of God. And, and I pray that I have the, the ability to, to take care of her until death do us part, however best to my ability. And it's not by my strength Or my power, but by yours, Lord, and help me. And I always ask God for that. But at the end of the day, I I don't mess with my wife. I treat her with very, I, I try to treat her with the most utmost care and respect. Why? Because she's God's daughter. And if I mess with her, I'm messing with God. And so husbands, I'm telling you that right now. You better not mess with your wife, buddy, because if you do that and she's a woman of God, you're messing with God's daughter. First, and so how? Take that, <laughs> take it on the chin. Don't worry, you can, it, it hurts. I know a little bit, but we had to give you a little hook there, a left hook. You know, bing. It's good for you to have that revelation. Don't take for granted what you have next to you, right? And so that's my heart in that regard. Um, so the Bible says in Hebrews thirteen four, marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled but fornicators and adulterers god will judge i want to share with you a verse that i I didn't have in my notes but it just came to mind i'll tell you guys another secret um every morning the first thing i do when i wake up before my feet hit the floor is I ask God to guide my steps. Thank you for this day that you've given me another day. Quick, it, it, probably like 10 seconds long. I just My bed's one of those high up, and I sit, and my feet are dangling, and I go, Lord, uh, and I say my little thing. And not religious, it's just my, my heart is what I do, right? And then I go into the bathroom, and I put my Bible app on, and every morning I hear one chapter of Proverbs on my phone and out loud. Every morning, that's the first thing I do in the morning while I'm in the bathroom, brushing my teeth, washing my face or whatever. And I'm listening to the word of God while I'm, while I'm you know, whatever. And so the verse that um, I, it kept playing um, the other day, um, I think it was yesterday or today. And um, this last verse in Proverbs 8 verse 36, and my wife was in the room listening to it. And I hear, I, I we both at the same time, without even looking at each other, because she was getting dressed and I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth or something, and I went, whew, and she went, whew. And both of us were like, whew. You know, like the word of God doesn't play. It was so like, and this guy's, I have like one of those British voices animated, and he he's like more adored. You know, when he speaks, it's like one of those, so it, it impacts you, you know. And I, I like it. I'll, I'll share it with you later if you want. But he says, But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. And all those who hate me love death. I was like, Lord, I do not hate you. And I do not love death. You know, I repent right now in the name of Jesus. But what I'm saying is holiness. Again, going back to what I said from the beginning, he looks at your heart. Where are you at with that? Where is your heart with holiness? Are you... Do you love God and is your di- desire to please him. So going to this verse that I just shared, it was in Hebrews, I believe, 13.4. What does it mean that um, marriage is honorable among all? And the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. That judgment of God brought me to that verse that I just shared with you. If you love God, you don't hate death, and you don't hate God. You love The opposite of, of love is hate. And if you love God, your desire will be to be holy, to be set apart for him. So that means, this verse that I just shared with you, it means that for the men, don't bring anything into your marriage bed. Don't bring anything into your marriage bed that is not pure or holy. And, and if you have little ones, don't cover their ears. This is, they, this is the word of God. If they're old enough to listen to the word, they're old enough to hear this. This is very um, biblical and good for them to learn. Um, there has been times over the last 15 years when we have been counseling married couples. And during the classes, we'll ask them questions. And they're having major trouble in their marriages. And, and I could almost, the spirit of God bears witness, right? You have discernment, you know. You've been walking with the Lord long enough and co- counseling couples as long as we have. You already know, they, before they even, if, if they don't want to admit it, God has already shown us where the problem is, is being rooted from. It, it's, the devil is not creative. It's the same song and dance when you see a certain spirit on somebody. And it's sick, it's perverted, it's disgusting. But this is what it is, Ready? And so as we're talking to these married couples and they're having all these troubles and problems, uh, and not every trouble and problem is rooted because of this. I'm just saying it's a specific spirit that's gross, that we, we know where it is. And this is what I mean by that. Um, and these are married couples having major issues. And then um, if they're honest, they will say, well, yeah, we're involved in pornography. Um, we watch disgusting you know, they don't say that, but they, they watch certain things to, to spice up their marriage, let's say. And, uh, and they find nothing wrong with it. They're having all these issues. They've come to marriage counselors that are Christians, pastors, and they're telling us this. And we're looking at this like, hmm. And so the first thing I say to them is, well, the first thing you need to do, brother, sister, is Repent. And put away all of that. Because if not, you will not see the blessing or the hand of the Lord. That, the Bible says, and, and, and I'll read it again. Here goes. 13.4, um, Hebrews 13.4. You're not respecting the union, the holy matrimony of God. You're not respecting the marriage bed that God has created for you. The Bible says that marriage is honorable among all. And what you're doing is not honorable. You've invited another source into your bedroom that has no place or doesn't belong there. That is not from the Lord. And the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. So I said, don't bring anything into your marriage bed that is not pure or holy. How can you expect for the Lord to move in your life? if you're bringing that into your room, or even if you're not bringing it into your room and you're bringing it into your personal life, be careful. Watch it. Because that's a spirit that is not from the Lord. And, and, and I tell them, ultimatum, here it goes, because I'm not going to sit there and throw my pearls to people who don't want to receive them. And they're not mine. They're God's pearls. But the Bible says do not spend your time with people who don't want to um, receive the goods. I, there's certain... Mercy and, and extended grace you, you give to people that they, they, you could tell they're trying and they really have a desire. And you keep taking the extra mile with those people. 70 times 7, you keep going and you keep going because you know that their heart is wanting to be holy, genuinely speaking. But in this particular case, straight up, I don't care. I'm not going to, um, you know, change. Then you know. That there's no repentance. And so at that point, and I've had to do this, my wife and I, we're no longer going to meet with you. If you find nothing wrong with what you're doing and you don't want to change, then we can't continue to teach you. Because I will not work with someone who doesn't listen and that straight up doesn't want to obey the word of God. Now, like I said, we extend mercy and grace. Man, that's a little harsh, Pastor. Aren't you supposed to like welcome all and be there for all no matter what, come hell or high? Yes, Jesus has been like that with me too. But like I said, there comes a time where you cannot continue to pour into someone that doesn't want to receive it. If the person is straight up telling you that this is okay to bring that into their marriage bed and they're having all sorts of problems and the wife is like, you know, how can you? We told them basically, you can't, we can't help you anymore. We're not going to counsel you anymore. Go find help somewhere else. Go to a counselor that is going to take your money. And they're going to tell you what you want to hear so that you keep coming back and paying them money. Right? But when you come to us, we don't take a dime of your money. We've never charged for one counseling session and we've done thousands over the last 15 years. So since because we don't charge and we don't expect anything in return, God has blessed us. So it's not about what we can gain. It's about what we're trying to give you. Because our heart is in that place and people freak out they've tried to offer me all sorts of stuff and we've over the years and, and and my wife and I we're not we no we don't want we're not we're not here for that we're genuinely just trying to know but I don't understand what's the catch my, my dad always taught me that nothing is for free and I go no the bible says freely we have received for freely we are giving and so from the goodness of the lord is what he's given us but the good news i love the fact that we don't are not we don't take money because now I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. So I'm here to tell you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. And we're going to tell you. And, and a lot of people don't like it. But that's the good news. That at least you have somebody that's willing to tell you the truth. And sometimes it hurts. And it, it always hurts, really. But it's necessary. And the ones that have stayed and that have enjoyed and that have taken it and that have received from, from our well has been able to reap the benefit and harvest in their families and marriages because they were able to endure what we were able to offer them and that's a blessing right and and, and that's how God wants us to have that heart of holiness to be able to receive what God has for you um, And so when they we've had we've had to actually ask had to ask them to leave so I just want to share a couple highlights of, of, um, a book that I, I teach uh, out of it. Um, and it's on page 100. And this is a a class called the marital bed that my wife and I teach. Um, okay. And it says here, the same verse I just shared, um, the marital bed is the name there's seven teachings in this workbook and it's called the marital bed. Um, and it says the marital bed must be kept pure let marriage be held in honor esteemed worthy and i love the amplified you know why i like the amplified bible um sometimes with certain verses because it speaks louder (laughs) just kidding all right so and let me say that again for the people in the back right i love that all right so let marriage be held in honor esteemed worthy precious of great price and especially dear in all things. And thus let marriage be undefiled, kept undishonored, for God will judge and punish the unchaste. All guilty of sexual vice and adulterers. Hebrews thirteen four, Amplified version, Bible. So it says, we wrote, you belong to each other, therefore do not deprive one another. And then it goes on to say some stuff about that. Um, And then uh, let me see here. So it says, this is what, um, we have a little title that we wrote here. It puts, we said, ooh-la-la time in a marriage. That's a little funny, but it's true. Ooh-la-la, yeah. You're supposed to enjoy your marriage in the bedroom, but in a pure, holy way, right? But we write here, when you are in your bedroom, try not to discuss your bills and or problems in your bedroom. Don't have your workout equipment, your office, computer, laptop, and stuff in your holy sanctuary of your house, which is your bedroom. Do not keep your office desk, tools, laundry basket, or exercise um, stuff in there because this can be a major turnoff and distraction. And you are bringing, and not that that stuff is a sin, I'm just trying to help you keep your room as a sanctuary, a holy place that where you and your wife lie together in holy matrimony, right? I don't think it's very romantic that you guys are um, there and, and, and your wife has to see your, your workout bench um, or your toolbox or something. So go home and pick that up today uh, and when you get the chance and put that in your garage or have an offer up uh, uh, sale. Um, this can be a major turnoff and distraction, Guys, I'm trying to help you out. All right. Don't get mad at me. All right. So try to keep your bedroom clean, neat, and smelling nice. The smelling nice, you know, I don't know about candles and that, you know, just have to clean it. Um, And remember, this is where the magic happens. Right? So it is important for the husband to initiate this love and affection. And men need to be respected. But women need to feel loved. And we see in 1 Peter 3.1, wives, respect and obey your husbands in the same way. And then it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ has also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Ephesians 5.25. Now, if, if, if this order, th- this is the order, and this is from the word of God. If this is exercised and you do this, what we just um, advised, um, Then your marriage will receive the full measure of holy matrimony blessing. Guys, I'm telling you, when you start to engage in a holy matrimony and you start to to bring things that are pure and holy into your marriage bed, you're going to enjoy your time together more than you ever have in your life. And if you want more detail, we can talk to you about that in a private session because this is a general church Sunday service. So I don't want the kids to be like, la, 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 la. All right, so let's just move forward. All right, so once you embrace God's love and his desire for you to be holy as he is holy, then you will have the life that God wants, which is a life full of his joy and peace in your home. Also, this is not our permanent residence here on this earth, guys. Can I just talk about that for a minute? And we're gonna come to a close very soon. Um, our home is in the kingdom of heaven. I got to tell you, that brings me so much peace and like a sense of relief, like a, ah, thank God that this is not my real home. Because then that allows me not to be afraid of death anymore. Because I have something to look forward to. I'll just return home to where I really belong. And so let's see in First Peter chapter 2, Verse 11, 1 Peter 2, 11. Beloved, I urge you. I'm, I'm, um, this is also the amplified version. So I believe that's New Kings James, which we usually um, preach on. Beloved, I urge you as aliens. We're aliens. I'm an alien. If you're a Christian, you're an alien. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from the sensual urges, those dishonorable desires that wage war against the soul or the kingdom of heaven. You see, we're strangers here. And it's telling us to abstain from these messed up urges. Heaven is our permanent residence. And that really is where we belong. We're just visiting on this foreign land as strangers. And um, Isaiah 6.3, we can go to that. Isaiah 6, 3. And they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And if you're singing the song with me right now, me too. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy place. That's what happens in heaven. That's what's going on right now in heaven. They're like, holy, holy, holy. The Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. That's the place where we come from. So if we come from a place that that's what the angels are doing constantly, and that's what they live, and they live doing that, then that's what God wants us to do here. That's how he wants us to live here. But you know why? It's really difficult. Well, this is why. So since we come from a holy place, we need to be holy here on earth, which is definitely a challenge. Because we're living in a foreign land among unholy people. That's why it's tough. Because this earth, people have this flesh that wages war against the spirit. And that's why we fast. I think one of the pastors touched on that. But I don't remember um, but, who said it. But I know that when we fast, the whole purpose of fasting is to get closer to God, of course. But how? How? Because this thing called flesh, and most people fast with food. Other people fast with all other kinds of stuff. But when we flesh, I mean, when we fast this flesh, you know, all of a sudden, you start thinking about that new Chick-fil-A that's going to open up on Kendall. And you want to get those juicy chicken strips, man, that are awesome. And those waffle fries with that tea, forget about it. And then you start thinking about that thin and crispy pizza um, with the little uh, mushrooms and the pineapple and the sausage on it. I'll eat that whole pie by myself. Because it's during the fast that you start thinking about these foods that you so much love and desire. Like with a big glass of Coke with ice. And you start thinking about this stuff. And then your flesh is like, I'm just going to hit one pizza, one little bite or one piece of brownie. But when you're able to crucify the flesh, all of a sudden something happens in the spirit world. And you no longer, it gets to the point where that little area of you fighting that flesh You then come into another realm. So you're here with the flesh, the food, the pizza, the stuff. And then all of a sudden you get a little bit closer to God. Now you're starting to enter into another dimension, another place. Now you're not thinking so much about pizza. Now you went to a chicken salad. Not so intense. You know, well, maybe if I, no, I'm going to crucify that flesh too because I said no meat. I'm only going to do this, this, and vegetables. Then you got a little closer because you were able to overcome Before you know it, you're in the holy of holies in the spirit of God because you were able to crucify the flesh over a period of days. Now you're in this holy place. For those of you who have been able to endure a fast for a certain length of time and a period of time, you know what I'm talking about. This is a place where you stop talking to God and God starts talking to you. This is where things happen. This is where we get things done. This is where the Holy Spirit, you're able to connect into the Holy of Holies and connect to the Spirit of God here in this place. Now you're becoming one with the Spirit of the Lord. You're in a holy place of God. And so that is the place where God wants us to live on the drop of a dime. So that if you need to pray for something, you could just say, by the power of the Lord and Jesus Christ, I command that devil to leave. In Jesus' name. And that has to go. Because you're walking in the power of his might. You're walking in the spirit of Christ. Or I command that sickness to go. Or I pray for financial blessing over this family. Or I pray for that marriage to be restored now, God. And that your words will carry the authority and power of God. I want to walk in that power. And I know God wants you to walk in that power. But why can't we do that so much? Because we live in an unholy land and, and, and there's always voices and things coming from all different directions trying to distract us from God's holiness and for us to get connected into his spirit. So today as we close, let's make a decision together to walk in the Lord, me included, as a holy people set apart for his glory. So that we can have a blessed, peaceful, and joyful life. And while we are visiting this earth, it is God's desire that we all will come to repentance. Repentance means that you're walking in one direction and all of a sudden you realize this is not the right way I'm supposed to be going. And you just turn and start walking in the direction towards the things of God. And you want to make that effort. Sometimes you might just get a little bit knocked back with the stuff in this unholy land, but you just keep moving forward, man. And you keep going, right? Don't quit. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Remember, this is a race. It's not a sprint. It's an endurance. it's, It's a long, you're in it for the long haul. So it's God's desire that we all come to repentance and accept him as Lord and Savior so that we also can be a part of this kingdom. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for today. Lord, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters that have taken the time out to join us today and tuned in, um, hearing your word from their homes and living rooms, cars, bedrooms, wherever they may be. Um, and I just thank you, God, for their lives. And I pray right now a special prayer over their lives that they will just receive your impact. They will receive the revelation of holiness. And, and not perfect. It's not about Pharisee or doing things like a robot and um, living off of a, a rule list from A to Z and always just, I read the whole Bible today. That doesn't make us holy, Lord. What makes us holy is a sincere and genuine devotion to you, a desire to get closer to your word, right? And, and I know that's what you want from us. Um, I know that's your desire. It's not based on a rule book or living as a robot or being perfect. It's about trying to get closer to you and i ask you for every family every person listening individuals young and old doesn't matter that you will touch their hearts right now god that they will come to your repentance and if you're listening to this word and you want that you you know you haven't been walking you haven't even been making an effort maybe you think you've just been going through the motions lately you've gotten cold you you're not really where you need to be will you just pray with me right now Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before your presence. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. God, I repent right now, and I turn from my ways, and I want to do your ways, Lord, like it says in Isaiah. Lord, write my name down in the Lamb's book of life. Forgive me for my sin, and Father, I make you my Lord and Savior right now, God. Teach me your ways, and let me be more and more like you and holy like you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for today. I love you, Lord, and I give you thanks. I pray for all the families listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, uh, like I said, if you've joined us this morning, thank you so much. Um, Have a great afternoon. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. Um, Enjoy that later on today, you know. Enjoy your families, have barbecue, Have live life, right? Live a little, enjoy. And we love you here at Spring of Life. And um, I'll see all of the folks hopefully in the next service soon. And I have a great Sunday and a great week. God bless you. We love you. Amen.